Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh yeah! Good morning, oh, everybody. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Whoa, that was weird. But nonetheless, good morning, everyone. Hope you all are having a fantastic day today. It is Wednesday. It's Hump Day, and that's right. It's Wednesday, April twenty sixth, and today is National Help a Horse Day, National Kids and Pets Day. So I guess that's this is day is specially for you, Gretchen. It's also National Pretzel Day. National National Richter Scale Day because we love earthquakes apparently. National Audubon Day, Denim Day, and Stop Food Waste Day on top of National Dissertation Day because you know everyone's a student. And of course, it's National South Dakota Day and National Administrative Professionals Day. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live at on the, on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we're going to kick it off with Rico Lamite. That's right, the dope dad himself. That's right. Still apparently is unpacking boxes because look at his at his screen. You could see that his studio is not fully set up yet. He's got a lot of a lot of junk <laughs> and a lot of clutter to still clutter around in his background. That's right. I'm angry this dad morning. Did something happen with individual one? Thank you for that uh, introduction, Jason. Uh, my guess is that something is going on with Individual One or um, maybe with uh, Tucker Carlson. But um, I'm going to take that as just projection. And uh, you, you got to do your trauma a little better, Jason. I mean, I mean, I haven't been leaving yeah. your office early because Tucker hasn't been on anymore. You know, does it does it hurt? Uh, don't worry. Tucker's going to be back. Tucker's actually going to come on the show and see us on t on here on High at Nine. He comes on the show, man. Like, I'll vomit live. That'll <laughs> be great for ratings. That'll be the absolute worst, but it would be great for ratings. And was great for ratings is always great for the show. So, um, bring him on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, my story we're headed out to the great state of New Jersey where cops smoking weed off duty was all good just a week ago. Well, maybe a year ago, but y'all get where I was going with it. Um, back in uh, April 2022, nearly a year ago to the date, New Jersey Attorney General Matt Platkin issued 
a memo to police chiefs and law enforcement agencies giving orders that they may not take any adverse action against any officers because they do or do not use cannabis off-duty. That was put into law this February, and the order is now facing its first major test as four Garden State officers were recently fired for popping positive, as, and they say that they were playing by the rules. Jersey City's arguing because they consume marijuana at all, they cannot legally own a gun, and therefore they violated federal law, which makes them unsuitable for service. A direct quote from the city spokesperson was this. Despite what the attorney general says, despite what the Constitution says, despite what the statute says, it does not apply to us. The now ex-officers want to stay anonymous but are pushing for reinstatement and filing petitions before the Civil Service Commission. When the state's top cop says a positive cannabis test should not jeopardize an officer's job, that should be the end of the conversation. But for some reason here it ain't. You might be thinking something ain't right here because issue guns aren't owned by cops. They're issued by whatever department they hail from. But that's not the case. Jersey City is one of the few police departments in America that requires officers to actually buy their own guns. The lawyer representing the officers, Peter Paris, claims citing federal law to uphold the firings is tricky, considering that everything about legal cannabis under the New Jersey Constitution is technically unlawful under federal law. Valid point. And once again, we're talking about the constitutionality of banning legal cannabis con uh, consumers from owning firearms in the great bastion of freedom that is America. Paris says if the officer's petition for reinstatement goes through, the officers will obtain back pay. But I don't see this problem going anywhere anytime soon unless they strike the question about cannabis usage off the federal farm to obtain firearms in the first place. Oklahoma ruled it unconstitutional. Florida is in the process of doing the same. Shout out to Nikki Freed. It's time the Supreme Court takes up this issue before the streets get all unruly because weed smoking cops can't do their jobs. It's something, 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 something. Law and order. What a time to be alive. I'm Rico Lamite, dopest dad on the street. Glad to hear from you guys. What do you think about this one? I mean, well, didn't I, I just covered this not long ago. Um, where a Texas court said that just because you smoke weed doesn't mean you're a dangerous person shouldn't get a gun. So this is working its way up through the um, state systems. The, the federal government split jurisdiction with the states over drugs. So it creates a, a nightmare for how you litigate this stuff. This is a state court and they have a right under their laws to do what they want to do. Uh, even if they're not in line with the federal government, because the feds only have jurisdiction in federal court. So this is in state court. They're going to have to go through their own rules. And it's one of the things that Sean can tell you and we for Warriors we're concerned about because we don't want to get those damn identification cards because now you're on paper as a weed smoker before we had any protections yep. and then you lose your gun rights. So this needs to be addressed. And I'm, I'm happy to see cops using this as a relaxant off the job because alcohol is their preferred drug that the, the, all the policymakers want them to use. And that's liquid stupid and liquid angry. And, you know, they need to protect them. Mm -hmm. Liquid cowardice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think this is a, a ridiculous, ridiculous reason for this officer to, to have uh, lost his job. Four. Especially yeah, four of them. 
They were in a cipher. It was four of them. Four officers. Four officers lost their job because of that. And they said they were smoking off duty. And Jersey City says, we don't care what you what your pesky little attorney general says. It ain't legal because you guys have to buy your guns and therefore you lied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're not fit for service. Oh, man. Well, but it's certainly possible to have checked. I don't smoke weed when you bought your gun and then decided later, oh, I think I'm going to smoke some weed. So that's nonsense. Yeah. That's not. It just needs to go away completely. And the cops may be the right tool to say, hey, this is legal. Why can't we do it? Not only that, too, I think this might this might play into the whole into the whole uh, gun rights with uh, with people and their Second Amendment rights, too. Wouldn't that, Dale? It absolutely will. And when it gets to the Supreme Court, I think Clarence Thomas is ready to hold the sort of whole damn controlled substances act about cannabis out the window. Mm-hmm. So well, it depends on what it depends on what uh, um, um, what point of view Harlan Crow has on that one. Right. <laughs> yeah, well. Just there's a set stage now for some things to happen where a conservative court might be helpful for our industry. Um, yeah, Jason, just, I think I think this is a wonderful opportunity, Jason, for some labor unions to step in, like the police union, because I know how much you love those unions to oh, step yeah. up and defend their officers. I I agree with that, Gretchen. Look at that, we agreed two days mm-hmm. ago. On two different. So, so now you're a unionist, Jason. Now you're nope. a backer of the unions. Oh, not a unionist, uh, no, but I do believe in using tools in the shed mm-hmm. for the job that they're supposed to do. Yes. You're a unionist. Uh, I want to give I want to give a quick quick shout out to Anna in the audience. Yes. In the super chat doing doing the doing the good deeds as she always does. She is a super person, superhuman being, a super chatter. Yeah. Bureaucratic well. Jason. Sorry, again, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> bureaucratic <back. laughs> oh yeah you guys know what it is yeah man well, well um yeah i the thing i gotta get at here is man like it's all hypocrisy and i really 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 want these cops to be able to smoke weed and um i i very very seldom have the back of active duty police officers but in this one man you gotta let them smoke and um, big shout out to the attorney general for pushing forward this memo and allowing them to do so. And for them, for one city uh, to, to to block them and have them lose their jobs because of it is 100 percent BS. And this should be reversed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and and shout out. Shout out to Malik. Another another super chatter. Your focus determines your reality. I'm focused on getting high at nine and sending positive thoughts to Nick's comrade and hoping I'm focused, for, man. Hold on and hoping for his date with Gretchen. Ooh! Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what this industry also knew, needs to take a little note of, which Rico, you just mentioned that the stipulation that these guys wouldn't get fired was in a memo. It was not a law. Uh, there's oh, no regulations here. Memo? I mean, come on, people. Memos don't mean shit. Exactly. Exactly. Memos mean nothing. Could you could you expand upon that, uh, uh, Gretchen? What's there to expand upon? It's <laughs> a, memo. a memo. It's like a memo. me sending a, a memo to Jason Beck to be a gentleman and mind his manners. Doesn't matter. It doesn't happen. Well, it's like the Cole memo. Exactly. There's, exactly. So, no so enforcement is, behind it. Nothing. No. Change. So this is similar to um, to Joe Biden telling 
everybody that he suggests that they follow suit on what he does. It's more of a suggestion that is a not bi- non-binding. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just a, it's very cute. It's a, it's a Biden pardon. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. For those of us like outside of, you know, the, the, the fold of how all this works, like when somebody of authority says that, especially black people like myself, when, when a cop says to do something, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm already going to be like, yo, like, hey, if my hands are up. Like, I'm already on edge. And I automatically think somebody of authority who is uh, put in that position, whether it's voted for or whatever, that is law. It's not law. You know, it, it provides political about- cover. Yeah. And that's it. And not much cover at that. It's not worth the paper it's printed on. If I try to whip it out in court, they're going to laugh at me and throw it in the trash. It's not. You got to go back to the statutes. And that's why all the the way that weed is rolled out over the last 20 something years has been by memo, by memo, Mm -hmm. by memo. Okay, no one has the nuts to pass a law and change it. I mean, it it took grow some nuts, Jersey. That's right. Get a sack. Yeah. And not just a sack of weed, but like a nut sack. Hey man, like I thought we were trying to stay. I thought we were trying to stay monetized here, man. You gotta, you gotta put out a memo on what we can and cannot say. What's wrong with that? I, like I love peanuts. Like, Past the first ten minutes, apparently. My freedom of speech. My granddaughter told me that. Papa, grow a nut sack. Yeah, it's gotta be okay. Gotta be okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't, I don't think that's inappropriate. Why can't I say nuts? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Why, why, why can't, why can't I say some of the things that I we, said we last week? They weren't swear words. We already know that. They were, they were in swear words or things that I say because what? Because I'm the lone black man on on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's why. That's why, Rico. That's why. I you know mean, what I, I would mean, love? I would love to see Jason Beck stretched out on a masseuse board right now, getting some stretching. <laughs> wait, wait, I got something here. I got something here. I got the funniest story ever. Oh. We were doing SB34 in West Hollywood. And, and Jason was a little late. So they said, oh, he's uh, getting a, a pedicure, manicure next door. So I walk over to the uh, Asian uh, ladies who were doing a wonderful job on people. And they said, oh, he's not here. He's next door. And I walk next door and it's a massage parlor. So I don't know what was going on. I left. But he came out about 30 minutes later. Yeah. You know exactly what's going on. Yeah, just, like Tuck, just like Tucker Carlson enjoys tanning of the balls. doors down, bro. Not actually next door. You're just taking the literal offense. Jesus Christ. Let's go to a commercial. We'll be right back. <laughs> Ball tanning for everybody. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's Tuesday over here at Green Street, and we got Smoky Vanilla with us in the building. So that's right. It is time to stretch and smoke. We just got done smoking. Now we're going to stretch it out, and then we're going to smoke again. Let's go. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology and bodywork massage and assisted stretching. You got to come check it out, baby. Check me out on IG at Smoky Vanilla One Stretch and Smoke, Twitter Smoky Vanilla, Social Club Stretch and Smoke, or also on Sports Recovery by Dan and Jam. If you want to feel as good as I look, then make sure that you get a stretch and smoke in with Smoky Vanilla. Yeet! I can't get over that one. He every is. time. Every time it gets me. Uh, oh, every single time. He is the industry's longest continuously operating retailer, highest Republican in the game, well known for smoking the best weed in the world. And he also claims he never pitched a tent when he was being stretched out by Smoky Vanilla. But the tape says otherwise. Coming to the stage next. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. 
that was, that was a little weird, Rico, but whatever. You're, hey, you're, you're, you're a little weird sometimes. Course is pretty weird, man. I was just saying. I, 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 <laughs> you know what? Today, my story, I'm going to give another trigger warning just because this is probably going to trigger somebody just because people get triggered. But, and it's a sad story too. So just there's your, there's your warning. Because Alabama nixes a recent basketball transfer. Am I doing the wrong story? Was that your story from yes, yesterday, man? Yesterday. Son, it's a glitch in the matrix. It's a glitch in the matrix. You know what? Come back to me. We're gonna go over to Gretchen real quick. We're gonna we're gonna hop over to Gretchen. Gretchen Gailey, the founder of Panoptic Strategies and our very own little Washington insider. Always with the size and not the denies. That's right. It's Gretchen Gailey. I love to always step in when men fumble quite often. My uh, headline is coming from High Times. Colorado launches loan program for cannabis social equity businesses. Colorado Governor Jared Polis on Monday announced the launch of a new state-funded loan program for cannabis social equity businesses. The new program is designed to provide financing to licensed social equity cannabis businesses, which typically face difficulties raising the capital needed to launch and grow their enterprises. The initiative will be administered by the State Cannabis Business Office within the Colorado Office of Economic Development and International Trade in partnership with New Project, a Portland, Oregon-based organization working to build generational wealth via the legal cannabis industry for the black and brown communities disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs. The landmark loan program will create and retain 239 good-paying jobs and promote equity in the cannabis industry by providing growing businesses access to funding. Uh, This is according to Polis in a statement that he gave from the governor's office. I am committed to saving small businesses money and ensuring our state remains a great place to start and run a business in every industry. Thank you to New Project for partnering with Colorado on this exciting milestone and working to support innovation in Colorado's cannabis industry. Cannabis companies have historically faced problems raising capital due to a variety of factors, including federal banking regulations and the continuing stigma associated with marijuana and cannabis users. The lack of financing can be particularly challenging for social equity business owners who often face additional obstacles, including racism and generations of economic marginalization. To help them deal with such challenges, Colorado's Cannabis Business Loan Program will provide low-interest loans of between $50,000 and $150,000 for social equity cannabis businesses to finance renovations or expansions, the purchase of equipment, real estate, or to use as working capital. The governor's office notes that New Project has a proven history of lending cannabis businesses specializing in mission-based and character-based lending. The nonprofit's practices can help entrepreneurs obtain loans even if they have limited cash flow, lack the traditional assets necessary to secure financing, or have experienced other challenges in obtaining financing. New Project also provides mentorship and educational resources to prepare business owners to complete loan applications. New Project is committed to redirecting the typical flow of financing so that small business owners in the cannabis industry, especially those who've been historically excluded from access to capital, can access the resources they need to grow their businesses. Uh, This is according to New Project CEO Jeanette Ward-Horton. When cannabis business owners have access to financial support and the know-how to put that funding to work, they can better run businesses and have the opportunity to build generational wealth through the cannabis industry. 
new project and the CBO will administer the Cannabis Business Loan Program as a revolving loan fund. As loans to businesses, business owners are repaid, the interest generated will be reinvested into the fund to support future borrowers. The state's initial investment of $1 million is expected to lend $2.9 million over the next 10 years, creating and retaining jobs in Colorado, according to state officials. Uh, I think this is a good project. I would love, I'd love to see new project do well with them. Uh, this is exactly what the government should be helping people to do is actually get the money, not making promises that maybe someday we'll grow a fund and then we'll give you some money. Uh, this is Gretchen for Hide 9 News. I feel like this is way, way late in the game for Colorado to be doing this. I think money at any time would be helpful to these communities, Jason. So screw it. You don't Let's think do it's it. late in the game? Better um, late than never. Better late than never. Didn't it? The Denver, so far behind the ball. A, 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 a this story is the cannabis industry. A, a story I covered last year, a Denver mayor proposed um, that he was taking $50 million and giving it to black-owned um Black owned businesses, social equity businesses and, um, around the Denver area, uh, the emphasis on the cannabis community. And for the state to say they're going to do 2.9 in 10 years, I mean. Well, here's my question. So yes. uh, really I have a question for folks. This is, these are not grants, these are loans. Uh, do we see this as helpful? Uh, it depends on what the interest rate is. Yeah. And what the default rate is. And the terms. Like what they did in Sacramento, um, I feel like I'm always making Sacramento analogies, but this is my, my realm, right? Um, in Sacramento, they did both. There was a loan, I think it was 100, either 100000 or 125000 uh, five-year loan, zero interest, and grants on top of that. And each of the grants that were given out were anywhere from like 80000 to 200000 I think. Interesting. Well, my experience is that the people or not interested don't really have the um, the background, and they're not given the tools to run these businesses. That I think that's where emphasis needs to be put a, a lot more along with these loans. They need money, but my experience is it's a it's a seven figure job to open one of these businesses in California, and if they got two point yep. nine for what ten years, um, you know, I, you have to question what are you really trying to accomplish here. Anything's good. But I have involvement with equity people in Sacramento right now, and they lack the, the um, tools, the skills, or the back backup behind them to go to and get questions answered. Because paying a lawyer is too goddamn expensive. Um, but they need to have support to run a business. Infrastructure. And see, Sean's well trained. He's got his hand up. What you guys say, Sean? Uh, I mean, being a you left something. Being a social equity candidate, I know irony myself in LA. I think Mandy hit it on the head. What are the terms and, and rules they put on this? And I think people need to get away that it's about someone running a business. Um, it's about control, and the government wants to control these things, and they they put these stipulations on these things that make them unworkable. So I think I'd be really curious what those terms are. Um, I think there's an easy way to do this. When Amazon walks into a city to put up a building, they ask for tax credits. If we gave tax credits to everyone arrested, you'd have the disproportionate impact that the yeah. cannabis war had. And then you'd free them to, I don't necessarily want to run a business, but I am now valuable to a licensed business and I can sell that tax credit. And that puts money in our pockets. Yeah. That's the simplest way to do this. And it's the most direct way. And it doesn't have an unfair 
racial component. It has the exact racial component you want it to have because it mirrors everyone arrested and attacked under the drug war. Just my two cents. And that's what we suggested in our fix at Cal Cannabis Reform and Prop 64 in California, which maybe we'll get on the ballot to fix this mess. Uh, but that's how you do it. It's real simple. Mm -hmm. Sean, I couldn't even agree more. It's really funny that you mentioned that because just yesterday I was having a moment really thinking about this specific issue. And the very first answer that jumped to my mind was, you know, social equity is such a hot topic. It's It means something different depending on where you're standing. And ultimately, if you have qualified and gone through whatever checklist process there is to get yourself qualified and receive one of these licenses, instead of handing out you know, chunks of cash to get started. I really do agree with you that just holding off on the taxing of those businesses for a certain amount of time would be a massive. Well, yeah, I mean, think about Fresno. Take Fresno as an example. When they first came out, they have 24 licenses out. Two were going to go to social equity and all two were political appointments. I mean, the idea that we call social equity as some progressive uplifting of a community, when you're talking about in a city of millions of people, almost 700, 800,000 people, how many of those black and brown, quite a few in, in Fresno have been arrested in cannabis? And you're saying, oh, we're going to appoint two people to the oligarch that represent you. Get the, you know what, out of here. I don't want to cuss and get Good in trouble. Good job, Sean. Oh, <laughs> man. Yay, Sean. He's almost right in jail. Yeah, he, does, he does have a thing called self-control, apparently. Good job. We're all, we all appreciate that. Hey, well, you know, we got to get into what really happened on that, but I don't want to eat in Mandy's time. But we're we'll, we'll yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna do in depth. We're gonna do an in depth interview with Sean and find out what really one, happened. One, one of these, one of Jason one. railroading the uh, railroading people again. I mean, it's a railroad. Obviously, put it down. The tracks were laid down in Ohio because it was derailed. Oh God! But that get it back as, as we should. Uh, bottom line is we need to do better and we can do better. And corporate America shows how to do better. Just follow what they do. They're full of self-interest. And I think, you know, when we talk about black and brown communities, we need to help them and really help their communities. And it, government does this with not just black and brown communities, but veterans and everyone. They pay a lot of lip service, but they actually aren't accomplishing much. And I, and I got to get thank you for saying that, uh, um, Sean. And I got to give a shout out to Michael Diaz uh, Rivera out in the uh, chat. He said he's just hopping in and seeing uh, what we're talking about, the loans. And he, he said he is a social equity operator in Colorado. And he's definitely hopeful, but cautious. Better days are on the way. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with the tax credits. I'm, I, I think the tax credits the way to go over these loans, because the reality, a lot of these people are just going to default on the loan. And then all of a sudden you're going to end up giving your license over to the state. And then what's the state going to do with it? And you can't go bankrupt yeah. either. So. I'm, I'm going I'm to go back over to my story. Mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to make the quick a quick. Are you guys. This? Yes. So, yeah. All right. So here we go. I apologize for the delay, you guys. But this is a little short story. And the same trigger warnings do apply. U.S. Olympic long jumper Tara Davis Woodall served a one-month suspension and had her national indoor title stripped after testing positive early this year for the psychoactive compound found in marijuana. The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency announced the penalties Tuesday for the 23-year-old out of the University of Texas who finished sixth at the Tokyo Olympic Games in 2021. 
Her ban concluded last week, but the penalty also includes the loss of the long jump title she won at Indoor Nationals shortly before the sample was collected on February 17th. THC is a special category of banned substances that allows for a three-month sanction if an athlete can establish their use of the substance occurred out of competition and was unrelated to sports performance didn't happen for the same thing for that cop but usada said the sanction can be further reduced to one month if the athlete completes an approved treatment program so they're still treating it like an addictive drug there was a fair amount of debate about whether marijuana should be uh, on the banned list after the u.s olympic trials in 2021 when 100 meter winner shikari richardson had her title stripped and was banned from the Olympics due to a positive test. Road regulators are constantly updating the ban list and have increased the THC threshold for positive tests to fail more, or excuse me, to fall more in line with pro sports leagues across the globe. But the World Anti-Doping Agency still classifies THC as a, in quotes, substance of abuse because it is frequently used outside the context of sport and whatever the hell they mean by that outside the context of sport is beyond me because to me life is a sport and this is jason beck reporting for the high at nine news what do y'all think i'm so irritated with this i just like you know i'm a former athlete i played sports for the first 23 years of my life i think and i just i'm so sick and tired of this i feel like someone worked really hard to get to where she's at in her career and to have anything taken away from her just because of this is just so aggravating. And I hope to God that she just gets right back out there and does it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I just, I, I, I mean, like where's her next race? Cause if it's anywhere near me, I'm going, well, I'm sure it's probably not going to be for a few months until this, this is uh, she's, she's a long, she's a long or She's a high jumper. We should all just like find out where she's racing next, and we all should just go there for that weekend and like be in her yes. cheering. She's a lo- long jumper, long jumper. She should be a high jumper too. Yeah, buddy, I like it. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Sean? What's your comment, Sean? You're on mute, Sean. I can you hear me? Yep. Now you're good. Um, uh, Jason had me muted. Uh, uh, bottom line is, is how unfair this is. Uh, it's inhumane that this woman has worked so hard every day of her life to get into this position and the racist bigoted drug war is taking it out on her. I just like time Phelps and Usain Bolt smoked and they got their gold medals. Um, and now this is what the second American athlete. They, they smoked, they smoked Sean, but they didn't test positive during the game. Yeah, j- just like I, I used uh, steroids and didn't test positive because I knew how to cycle out for them time. I mean, listen, the games are the P. This is, again, this is prohibition. It doesn't work. We all know these people are smoking and using drugs. You don't get to that level without these performance enhancing drugs. Some mm-hmm. people just, you know, have the money and science around to get by it. I mean, look at what Eastern Europe used to do. Um, this is insane. I mean, it, it, it isn't working. The cheaters are still winning. Look at Lance Armstrong. He did it for how many years? I mean, bottom line is find cheating. You should you shouldn't allow coffee either. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's totally it Gatorade. Gatorade it rehydrates you. Yep. Right. But it points out how has electrolytes and shit. How deep the prohibitionist <laughs> mentality goes around the world still. 
mm-hmm. not just here in the United States, but everywhere. Sports is is a meritocracy. And you just, you know, you let people go out to, to reward them for merit. And then you punish them for things they do that, you know, off off the games, they relax. OK, it's like the cop culture. You got to just drink. That's yep. all we allow you to do. Well, if it didn't work for me and you don't take other medications, you find weeds helpful. What happens? You lose everything for some nonsensical. I don't know. I was going to say bovine scatology, which is what this all is. But it's what we all face on a daily basis trying to turn this around. There's people that are in policymaking positions that have their head four feet up their ass. Mm-hmm. Still, we got a bovine scatology. We got to go to a commercial. Cool. We're going to be right back. Scat. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yes. Thank you all so much. Make sure if you haven't already that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Make sure that you're also heading over to our website, hiat9news.com. Make sure that you're signing up for our uh, newsletter and make sure that when you do sign up for our newsletter, you will get a confirmation email in your email. And a lot of times it goes to the spam or to your junk mail. So make sure you check for that because until you hit that button, you are not subscribed and you're not going to hear from us. So make sure that you do it the right way. And we're working to get it fixed and we appreciate your support. Also too, if you, we appreciate all the super chats. We want to thank everyone that is participating in the show that way. And that is how you get your comments super noticed. And we will talk about them here live on the show. If they are a super chat. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Our next correspondent started things off as a co-owner of the California Medical Research Center, and now he's a founding partner at Armada Law Corp. And everybody's favorite foul month, foul mouth uncle, the man with more dirty one-liners than an EDM pre-party, Dale Schaefer. Good morning, everybody. My story today comes out of Law 360, and the headline is staffing agencies clients not covered, uh, an insurer says. Now, as I was looking into this, it's in the federal courts right now, but it started in the state courts, and I didn't understand how all that came about. But the heart of this is that a staffing company um, had a, a somebody they sent to a delivery business in San Diego, and this person got fired, and then claims that the owner and some receptions cooked up some sexual misconduct on their part to justify firing them. And so he sues in state court, this um, retail store, and they tender the claim to the insurance company. They go, "Uh, no, we ain't covering this because all we issued a policy for was for the staffing company 
and their employees. We exclude clients and the client's employees. So what this opens up is a bigger can of worms in the industry, and that's insurance coverage that doesn't leave you bare. Okay, I have worked with companies who use staffing companies, and we try to ensure in our contracts that we have copies of their insurance policy. We're additionally insured. They have the same from us, and we have identification and hold harmless agreements so that if something like this happens, we know there's insurance to cover it. And it appears that the staffing company went out looking for some insurance, and this is called employer's insurance, which could include work comp and then coverage if you end up in civil court like you do here. And in order to get that policy, they limited it to only nine employees for the staffing company. And I don't know how many employees the staffing company sent out, but they obviously didn't provide coverage to them. And the retail store saying, well, hang on, our contract with you required that you provide this coverage for the employees you send to us. So it looks like they didn't sit down with an attorney or someone who understands this to take a look at these policies and make sure that we have everybody's ass covered because now we're going to have a bad faith claim come up. Um, and this insurance company's position is read the policy. We have the declarations and an exclusion page. And that's where I take my clients for every policy I review. What does it declare it's going to cover? And then look at the last part of this exclusions page. It says, we don't cover this. And if you don't put that in front of your client and the people they're contracting with, you're going to end up like this. Now, insurance is great because it not only pays if you have to pay a, an award, it also pays attorney's fees because attorney's fees will kill you. Um, uncovered litigation. Yeah, Sean, you know, uncovered litigation can be in the six figures to defend easily. OK, and it comes at you quickly. And if you ain't got one hundred thousand dollars laying around to go litigate something um, and most of these retail stores aren't that cash heavy. It gets to be a real challenge for you and you can't file bankruptcy and you end up having your assets sold in the courthouse and, you know, you're just you're screwed. So that's my story this morning. It's not just a litigation thing, but it's a bigger story about making sure you have adequate insurance to cover everything you're doing and contracting for. Back to the buy more insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I, I heard that there's a there's a few different. uh companies that were denied their insurance claims that they thought that certain incidents would have been covered and were not covered. So um, it is very, very important that you are getting the right coverage from the right group of people and that uh, you kind of play a little role playing game with them um, in different scenarios to, to ensure that you're actually getting the, the type of coverage that you're actually paying for and expecting. Well, most businesses work with an insurance broker and it's not that difficult to get insurance. But in the cannabis industry, it's hard. You end up with these um, barely admitted policy and these companies in a state. And they're out looking for exchanges to get a policy that doesn't always fit what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, ju it's just a yep. mess. And because it's federally illegal, and what I'm suspecting here is this is in the federal courts because somebody decided if we go to federal court, we can say, hey, you can't make us pay because it's illegal what they're doing. Now, that's I haven't read all these pleadings. I don't know that for sure. But I I'd like to get your money. I'd like to pay it out very much. I mean, it's kind of I mean, Dale, wouldn't you say it's kind of like those uh, those insurance commercials where it's like I'm mayhem 
and you need yeah. to get insurance to stay away from things that I'm going to bring around. Well, but this is not always just a scare tactic. If you run a business and you're running it bare of insurance, you're a damn fool. Okay. Because you're going to get sued for something. Mm -hmm. And even if it's yep. bare bones policies, you need it. Sean, you've been patient. Your finger up. Good the right finger. Too. The right one. Mm -hmm. Has anyone noticed that these highly regulated industries, whether it be healthcare, cannabis, or the financial industry, don't serve the public? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we have insurance bad faith laws in most states, because I, I was an insurance defense lawyer for decades. I, I get it. They they want to keep their losses at a minimum. And if they can deny and not get banged. But I've also been in cases where they denied and they got hit for millions of dollars for a, for a bad faith denial of coverage. And I suspect there's something in here that in this case, because one of the defense attorneys is saying, hey, you guys are now admitted that there's this language of this policy could provide coverage to us, which just creates a, a mess. Regulatory capture. It's all the it same is. every place they go. I mean, they capture it and they suck their money and our happiness away. I mean, if I was an insurance company, I'd be looking for every single way if I had to pay out on a policy for me to be able to get out of it. Well, and they do. I mean, yes, of course, that's their job. Yeah, yeah. that's part that's part of their job. Well, they've probably and got I, 10 I, attorneys involved now, okay? So they're happy to take your money that way, too. Hold on, 10 attorneys yep. from 10 different attorney firms. Yeah. That's oh, insane. yeah. They, they can afford it. Well, you I know, mean, that's and, their story. Mm-hmm. It, it's like Trump. He understood he, he, the people he was going against didn't have the money he did, so he could bully people around. That's what's happening. We're being bullied around by Man. government. It's so, so, so crazy. It, it, yeah, I don't want to take it down the political yeah, lane so, quite so, yet. So. But, uh, yeah, like it, it, being 10 years in the financial realm and towards the end, uh, I was doing – a lot more on the annuities side. There are good insurance policies and bad insurance policies. Um, and there's good actors in the game and there's bad actors in the game. You got, you got to read the contracts. You got to read what, uh, what you're actually insured for and what you're not insured for. And you're just behind the eight ball it being a high risk industry. There's very few people that will dip their toes into cannabis. And I just know that a lot of them that are going to be, um, uh, covering anything in the cannabis realm they're going to be shady at this point <laughs> and they're and it's going to be few and far in between so um just just know that when you're when you're going up against these companies they have a lot more money than you do and they have a lot more loyal uh, lawyers to cover their asses than you will. they got more, a lot more loyalty too rico yes they no. do yeah they do they're loyal to the That's money right we got to go to a commercial we're going to be right back because we're loyal to that money too How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Coming up next. That's right. It is Carmen Sacramento. That's right. When she is traveling all over the globe, showing the world how an executive lifestyle, motherhood, and being an edibles cannabis judge for the Emerald Cup all go hand in hand, or would we say tongue in cheek? That's right. It is Mandy Tingler. 
Good morning, friends. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Today, my headline comes from National Mortgage News, which wouldn't really sound very exciting, except it is. The title comes to us and says, Mortgage Product Targeting Cannabis Workers Launches. Opportunities for workers in the cannabis industry to become homeowners are starting to crop up. I like the use of words there. In mid-April, Paramount Residential Mortgage Group announced the expansion of its non-qualified mortgage program to allow employees and business owners in the medical or recreational cannabis industry to apply for a loan. Amounts that borrowers can qualify for range from $75,000 to $3 million. The program allows for self-employed individuals in the cannabis industry to take out a loan or buy or refinance their home the home of their dreams <clears throat> in states where cannabis is legalized and the businesses are legal are licensed accordingly. The lender said this in their announcement last week. Currently, 38 states for the, are, are for recreational or medical use of marijuana. According to Paul Jones, director of non-QM business development at KPMG, the program opens up the door for people who have been on the sidelines of lending for various reasons. Our prime product offering, which is called Choice Stretch Prime, was recently updated to allow self-employed individuals in the cannabis industry to apply using bank statements, he said. Furthermore, people who may be employed in that industry can utilize their W-2 earnings from their cannabis income or 1099. Most non-QM loans require a 10% down payment, Jones says, but mortgage insurance is not mandatory. As a result, the interest rate on such loans is higher than conventional products. As states have moved to legalize medical and, mer uh, medical and recreational cannabis, the Corona California-based lender has seen requests for this type of product increase. The challenge has always been just where the money is and how are they going to be demonstrating it, he said. With our product, we're going to check these borrowers and look over financials just like any other applicant. We will apply the same rules around the way we look at cash flow or bank statement customers and what these deposits should look like. But borrowers in the cannabis industry whose income is mainly cash are still out of luck. PRMG won't, won't be able to use cash deposits to qualify a borrower. It would have to be through some sort of merchant processing technology, Jones said. So it would have to be your Square or PayPal or anything that is tied to the business that we can see. At the moment, only a few other lenders have launched similar programs. Housing agencies, including Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, do not purchase these types of loans, mainly due to the fact that cannabis hasn't been legalized on the federal level. Well, y'all, to me, this is very exciting news, but I can't help but wonder what the rates are going to look like for these cannabis folks as they get their loans approved. Uh, is there a cannabis tax that's special to this type of loan? Let's chat about it. This is Mandy from Hyatt Nine. Sounds predatory to Stop me. Stop it. No, this sounds amazing, bro. This is this is the first time that this is happening and people are acknowledging that you can buy a house with cannabis money, bro. This is this is huge. You gotta, you gotta be self-employed. I mean, read the fine print. Every <laughs> time I call a plumber and I say I need this done at my business, and they're like, "Sure, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a cannabis business." And they're like, "Oh, that's extra." <laughs> well, but they they said that you have to be self-employed, and what does that mean? I mean, how many people candy. are self-employed? So. For example, if you have your LLC and you are regularly cutting yourself a paycheck through not 
not quick pay or pay, whatever it was that canceled all of us cannabis accounts. But if you're paying yourself regularly, you know, every two weeks, you're sending yourself something through PayPal or however you do it, but they mm -hmm. need to see payroll transactions basically happening mm -hmm. from your yeah. business. Exactly. So, so they, they announced this mid-April, so it was just right around time for 420. Like, yeah. sounds like a trap to me. Yeah. Here at I mean, the banks are very predatory to our businesses, period. And so, I mean, while it's good, I doubt the rates are. I am, I am very curious what the, in, what the interest rates are going to be. I know interest rates are already high, and they're only going to go high. Crazy. Not, not, should, yeah. Let's go buy a house, Jason, and we'll, well find well, out. Hold on. Well, it, it, I mean, reality, the, the, the economy is getting ready to crash pretty soon. There's going to be a pretty big recession, and housing prices are going to drop dramatically. So this may be the perfect time for cannabis people to start to uh, look into home ownership in lieu of that. Jason Beck, yeah. the Sue's Orman of our show. Everybody wants that weed mm -hmm. money. And I approve this message. <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so, you know i mean i'll just say like hey read the fine print i'm interested in seeing the, what the mortgage rates are uh too and um you know i can't afford shit i sold yeah we sold our condo two years ago two and a half years ago and tried to buy a place in South Central, and interest rates jacked way up, and we can't afford nothing. Not to mention the in internet, the internet gangbangers in your hood, right? Right, yeah. exactly. The, inter the internet cartels. If, yeah, if I can get some kind of favorable rate, you know, assuage here, then I'm off. I'm all for it. But um, I am. You should reach out to them. You yeah. should be our first test case, checking it out, so we can do a whole other story talking about their rates. I don't know these fools, man. Like I gotta do my my due diligence on the back end to see exactly who is behind this whole thing. Love and, you, um, Rico. I'll send I'll send everything over to to my lawyer. See see what she can find. I think out. you're gonna make us some new friends. <sighs> we shall see. But let's keep it let's keep it popping here. Do we have a do we have another ad? Are we good to go? No, we're all good. We're going. We're rolling right into Sean. Bringing us home today, fresh off a costly suspension right before the playoffs. He's a father of four, cannabis advocate, and the outspoken CEO of grassroots veteran nonprofit organization, Wheat for Warriors, breaking, of us, breaking us off with a little news from a certified veteran's perspective. Sean Kiernan. Rico, I appreciate you, and I appreciate all the fighting you do behind the scenes to uh, free me from my oppression of Jason. So thank you very much my friend all about the freedom there we brother. go all about the freedom um you know i i'm here to talk about a a specific bill but more importantly what we see is all these bills and and, and i it's an improvement talking to the veterans issues and it, it, it's not something that's been uh working for a while here in washington and, and that's changing so uh, a big shout out to people working in washington and a lot of people like Gretchen on the uh, ground doing doing things every day behind the scenes. Thank you very much. Um, uh, but this goes to the Veterans Safe Harbor Act, which its supporters, uh, if passed, they believe the legislation. And, and I've, this comes from Beer Bro Farms. Uh, they have Beer Bro Farms Media. And unlike the corporate perspective, they really give a grassroots view. Um, and so I'll be contributing to them uh, every once in a while. And I appreciate Bill. And Jeff, their brothers with the support they get in Weed for Warriors for a long time. Um, if passed, they believe the legislation would make it easier for veterans to access medical cannabis as an alternative form of treatment. And if you look at the wording, it sounds good. But if you look at the wording, I'm going to give my response. 
the question to ask with all these cannabis bills suddenly using the veteran moniker in them is what do they actually do for veterans? No more so than the Veterans Medical Marijuana Safe Harbor Act introduced last week in the Senate by Brian Schatz, Democrat from Hawaii, and in the House of Representatives by Congressional Cannabis Caucus co-chairs, Representative Barbara Lee, Democrat from California, and David Joyce, a Republican from Ohio, who I believe and I do like. Does the bill offer veterans a five-year safe harbor from punishment for state legal cannabis use as stated? No. Let's be clear. Veterans can have been and are using cannabis in all states today without recourse in terms of benefits they, they say are protecting being threatened by the VA or other federal agencies like Social Security. Does it push VA doctors to write recommendations they cannot write today? No. In 2002, Conant versus Water, a legal case decided by the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, affirmed the right of the physicians to speak about and recommend medical marijuana. The ruling set precedent, protecting doctors, patients, and state medical marijuana programs in the 10 states at the time of the Ninth Circuit. The government appealed the case, but the Supreme Court declined to take the appeal in a brief notice October 14th, 2003, letting stay in the Ninth Circuit's view. Additionally, under Title III, or the Doctor-Patient Relationship Section of the Medical Marijuana and Cannabis Dial Research Expansion Act signed in December 2022, it states, and this was the Grassley-Feinstein bill, it shall not be a violation of the Controlled Substance Act for a state-licensed physician to discuss the currently known potential harms and benefits of marijuana and marijuana derivatives, including cannabidiol, as a treatment with the patient or the legal guardian of the patient, of the physician, if the patient is a legal adult or with a legal guardian, if patient is a child. Does it mandate the VA perform clinical trials leading to a definitive ruling under the FDA regulatory framework on whether whole plant cannabis has medicinal value? That would be another no. The positive going on in Washington, D.C., and it's apparent with this newfound focus on veterans and cannabis legislation, is the de-radicalization or dilution of privilege within the, quote, cult controlling the cannabis agenda. Congress, Congressman Earl Blumenauer's leadership on cannabis, while brave, fostered and promoted an anti-veteran sentiment within congressional staffs and national cannabis advocacy groups with the addition of mainstream politicians like Jackie Rosen, Democrat from Nevada, David Joyce, Republican from Ohio, and so many more now actively involved in embracing cannabis normalization that is changing, and for that I am thankful. Virtue signaling alone doesn't bring effective policy. Virtue signaling to rally support for bad policy like Prop 64 in California hurts long-term virtue signaling to rally broad support, then demanding functional workable policy to bring a better tomorrow is priceless and the goal. Public, best public cannabis policy is policy that undermines the illicit or black market. That is done with a focus on access. Without legal access, the illicit market will provide all the illicit access demanded. That means more crime, more environmental damage, more workers lacking protection from exploitation, and dealers our children have easy access to. I believe we have a chance to move the needle this year and next, but it's going to take putting bodies into the street, which we are prepared to do. Onto the phone lines and not settling for the lip service so prevalent in American politics. Call Sacramento, see what they think. We can say no thank you and ask for a better effort. That is what I'm doing. God bless the USA, and I'm going to shut up. Well, yeah. that would be a first. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got like a, like a three-second loop? No, no, no. <laughs> when I turn it off accidentally, you know, being disabled, sometimes you get little twitches and stuff, you know. Well, Sean, uh, as you uh, know, I we haven't got a lot of help for veterans, I mean, de facto, in real terms, uh, anywhere in the country. And any place where you get something, you just don't seem to get the whole sandwich. You just, just get a part of it. And the lip service is just getting really old. I mean, I, you and I both go to the VA for, you know, and, and I, I want to retch when I go in there because you can't tell them that you use cannabis at all. It's just, it's still a mess. And being a hundred percent disabled vet, I get a, I get a, a, a Medicare early and uh, I have California actually pays for that. Thank you. The state, great state of California and uh, governor Gavin Newsom and, and crew. They do have good veteran benefits out here at the state level. Um, I use Medicare um, I am no longer going to the VA after they diagnosed me with cannabis use disorder. Biggest crock of shit I've ever seen in my life is DSM five or four and all this nonsense they're blowing up in terms of, uh, of diagnosis so they can pimp us for more money. Um, I don't use the VA anymore. Um, Sean, what is the best way that, um, that our listeners can help support? We're going to be, uh, we're going to be, listen, we got, we got a crew in DC that I think is listening we're on the phones with some of these Congress people, staff, and them. Um, I think the new blood coming in is wrestling uh, the agenda from good people. Uh, but the radical left and DPA, Drug Policy Alliance, and some of the nonsense they pushed, um, we've got to stop them. And, and this is a much more, we got to have a functioning market for the people. And that's the only way we're going to have successful policy. Sean, you're telling me that the VA tried to say that you were diagnosed as having cud? Yeah, 100%. After I started using a Harvard-trained psychiatrist in, uh, in, uh, in the VA at the hope of getting some Vyvanse because I do have severe ADD. I've had it for a long time, and it works tremendous. And they cut everyone off from that as you hear these stories. Um, and, and she decided at the end, to diagnose with the cannabis use disorder. And I had long discussions. And what's really going on is they're using CUD to associate cannabis use with all these other disorders they've diagnosed so many people with in, in a hopes of winning that bullshit fucking association uh, research battle and also these crappy observational studies that are absolutely worthless and do nothing but put money in line the pockets of these academics who are making seven figures at, quote, research institutions selling research for propaganda oh man selling all that to project sam it's not just project sam everyone's doing it. it's a game i mean there's a hard i think she's a harvard researcher she wrote a book on the food industry and the research industry and how just corrupt it is and it goes to everything going on with cannabis you know i had a i had a doctor one time uh uh diagnosed me in a, in, in a type of similar way I woke up one morning and had a grand mal seizure in my sleep. And the doctor tried telling me I was epileptic. And I told him basically to go F himself. Are we allowed to use the F word like in that form? F-E-F-F. After the first 10 minutes. I want to hear what Gretchen has to say on this. What do you want me to say? Later on. Where am I wrong? Sean, I have found that you are often right, but have trouble communicating your rightness. On that's, right. that's very so very true, Gretchen. Yes, but in the in the spirit of a good old Biden pardon for the vets, there will be a closure vote 
later this afternoon on Senate Bill 326, which is the vet Veterans Research Bill, mm -hmm. um, which we'll see. If it passes, this is the bill that would allow the VA to study cannabis on vets. I've, I've got... Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got about this. This is, this is exactly it. It doesn't fund it, okay? So it's an unfunded mandate. The VA does this all the time. Guess what happens? Nothing gets done. Two, it's they mandate an observational study to finish, which is, I said, absolutely worthless. And we're put in the hands of people who don't like cannabis with their observation, biased observ observations are going to be F that. And then three, it gives the VA secretary the right to pull a plug on the whole damn thing. Anti-veterans who, by the way, the VA is a research institution. We are their lab rats. And it's mm -hmm. run by the very researchers at Vanderbilt and the fanatical prohibitionists who are buying 500 plus billion a year in pharmaceuticals yep. at full price. There, it's a racket. The system needs to be imploded. Okay. All right. That's why I called it a Biden there we pardon. Go. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that would have covered it. Biden pardon. Two yep. words. Exactly. No, I, the people need more direct. And I will give Trump. Listen, as Chappelle said, the reason people love Trump and a lot of my vets love him is because he at least dealt honestly with him. The problem is he's a dishonest character behind the scenes. Biden. But he Joe Biden. The system is rigged against them. Oh. And, and on that note, yeah, exactly. <laughs> note, we are we are at the top of the hour. Thank you all out there tuning in with us for yet another episode of High Nine News. It's good to have Sean Kiernan back. I love it, man. I love you, big brother. Thank you. Yeah, you can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love and support and affection to us, to our live audience members, online supporters across all platforms, tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily chaos that we call the cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety and perspective of your respected opinions to the conversation. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, the wonderful Jaja Simone holding things down in Clubhouse, bringing our AV struggles down to a minimum. And nothing but love going out to the haters become a super fan and put it on the big screen baby then it's all love it is always the cannabis sativa l catalyst in our lives we love you with every beating heart in my chest oh we do, we do. Yeah. It's, it has been wednesday april 26th the show is over and you've been blessed with today's top industry headlines hope it isn't enough to put in your Pipe and smoke it at least until tomorrow. Y'all know who it is. Regal me, dopest dad on the street. And back like you left something. Sean Kiernan, you got the final word today. What you got for us, my man? You know what? I, I, the reality is we can blame everyone else, but we got to step up ourselves and take control of our government so we don't have the Ferguson effect where you had a white city council and a white police force representing and beating up a predominantly black and brown community. And the systemic you know, voter rep repression that happens uh, is a real but we can fight through that. So I, I'm throwing my name in the ring. I don't know if uh, I'm just high or, or if anyone would be interested, but we're looking to run this thing politically. And uh, I'm going to see if we can uh, shake the tree here politically and get involved. So I look forward to having fun. It's not about what we can ask you to do, support us, but it's about what we're willing to do for ourselves and future generations. And my kids are in college now. And now I can uh, give my full faith and effort to, to the fight. And I appreciate everything everyone's done for us. You heard it here first. <laughs>